There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're very welcome to Friday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio on the very first day of December. Now I feel it's like Christmas. I was saying to you during the week, we'll be starting this Christmas thing in June very soon, the way it's going. Anyway, it is the 1st of December. Welcome to the show. Lots of guests, chat, music, competitions, everything beside coming your way over the next couple of hours. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text gets us right here to the studio. If you want to get in touch with us, you will want to get in touch with us because when I tell you my first guest is making his annual visit to the show, I'm so looking forward to saying hello to him again. Mr. Neil Delamere, welcome Back. Thanks very much. My annual visit. It's like Santa yes. Claus or something just turns up. It's December. I come in, say hello to you. Plug, plug, plug. And we don't see each other again for That's it. Uh, 12 months. <laughs> but isn't it just great? And you have the beard as well to go when you well, mention you that man with the big white beard also. Can I tell you something? I was in Cavan a couple of weeks ago, driving by the Kilmore Hotel. Okay. And I knew you were coming, you know, around yeah. this time to visit us. There you are, the big mushy outside the hotel. <laughs> the big mush of you. Yeah. Imagine if I was in New York. York would be like, I've seen your uh, extensive PR campaign and those those sheets are very w- much worth the money. Whereas in Ireland, the, I saw the side of your head on a, on a poster in Cavan, the mush on you. Yeah, it's clearly working then, isn't it? Thank, it is Thank you very much to Colin McCabe, who's the promoter. Well done, Colin. He's doing his job, that's for sure. By God, aren't you doing your job too? Because recently, of course, the blame game, you're a constant on. You've been on live at the Apollo in the yeah. last few weeks and... Neil, I'm so jealous. You're just building up to this. I am building up to this. Countdown. Yeah, I did Dictionary Corner on Countdown. So you I've did. done it, did it three times uh, in the last kind of year, whatever way it fell. And you sit beside the wonderful Susie Dent, who looks the same as she did 30 years ago. Yes. She... She, she, she's unbelievable looking. She makes Paul Rudd look like Methuselah. She looks exactly the same. <laughs> Carol Vorderman's changed though. Carol Vorderman has changed into uh, Colin Murray. No, into <laughs> Rachel Riley. Yeah. Uh, so you just sit there and then you, uh, you know, you have your little, you have a bit of crack with them during the break, and then you look for words that the serious expert hasn't worked, uh, yes. hasn't hasn't found. Now. It's great when you, I did it in June or July. I think the first time it's great in June or July, right? Because you're at the early stage of the contestants. You know, they might be on their first week, whatever, right? Uh, I then did it at Christmas, where the whole thing builds up and there's a semi final and a final and all the rest. Christmas, you sit in your hole, Jerry. <laughs> you sit, you sit on your hoop, going, "He's got an all nine out of words." I haven't. They're so good now because yeah. they play on apps and stuff. And mm. like there was one point. Uh, the, one of the first days I was sitting there a guy was a poker player and he got two nine letter words when, in the first four or five rounds mm. and uh, when he got the conundrum he looked back up at the clock because he was seeing how quickly he got it not that it would he get would he get it how quickly he got it and Susie then said oh, they all um, they all compete against each other online and yes. so like the level of when I was watching with uh, with my mum as a kid it's 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 off the it's charts again roof, it? yeah, oh, yeah it really is yeah. I remember that when you're talking about that guy with the two nines as well because you see I have an or in my 
little box at home. Right. Every day it's recorded and I go home and eat Do it. Do you? Have my dinner, sit down every evening and I watch it right through and I just Would love you go it. on it? Oh, I'd love to. I'd absolutely. It would be a dream come true for me because I've been watching it from the very start. You so know? Richard Whiteley era. That, the yeah. very beginning. I, I can remember it starting out and all the change. No, I have to tell you, I boycotted it in the last few years. When Anne Robinson took that job, I boycotted it really? for a year. She was useless. Right. Useless. She was, uh, I think she wasn't, like what I like about Colin Murray, who I know from doing fighting talking. He was a fan of the show before Absolutely. he did it. Fan of the show before he did it. Did loads of Dictionary Corner yeah. and then just loved it. And from what I've seen, having done it, the contestants love him. Susie loves him. Mm. Rachel loves him. Everybody, you know, and, and he just loves it. Yeah. Audiences are, like television audiences as well, they're very intuitive. They know, like, if you're phoning it in mm. and they look at him and they go, this dude loves this yes. show. And yes. so it's really warm and it's just good crack to do, yeah. you know. So I just wanted to make that point that that was a break for me when she was there. But anyway, I'm back full throttle with Colin Murray. I want to ask you this, yeah. because this is something that intrigues me. How many shows do you do in one afternoon or one day what way does it work uh, you do several I can't tell you okay no I'll tell you that's alright will, te- will I tell you off air of course I will <laughs> and I'll tell everybody then on then, yeah, yeah yeah but uh, uh, contractually I will be fine <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to that you know yes um, so I better be careful on that but it's like it's such a warm uh, show to do like mm. you sit beside Susie Dent and you know there's a, I don't know if, I thought I told you this before so I was sitting there beside her and I looked at the letters nothing was coming up and she leaned in and, and she's and like if you don't get something she you have to have something to say so she'll go listen there's a four there's a five there's a seven whatever and she goes etalon which is a, it's a physics term and she wrote it down for me and I was like no one no one's gonna <laughs> think that I got that because I don't know what it is and then two like you're under such a flop sweat I was like she said et and I was like etalon that's the Irish word for aeroplane and I was looking at her going what are you using for a fodder? I don't even understand what's... You can't use words from foreign languages in this show, can you? I mean, it's obviously my first language, technically according to the Constitution, but... Uh, and then she no, she wrote it down for me. But, like, she, it's such a warm show to do and it's such a... There's a point where I got a word that she didn't know. Ooh, oh, what do you think it is, Neil, Sherry? What do you Neil. think it is? So, uh, you know, when it comes to the lunchtime teaser and then it comes back and it yeah. was Madeline. And I can't remember what they, they, their definition was, but I said to her, is is it not... A, and I, now I only had learned this about two weeks before. Is it not also... Um, you know when you were a kid and you say you had jam sandwiches as a kid or whatever. It's the food that brings you back immediately to where you were as a kid. You know, like okay. if you had a type of biscuit that your auntie bought you and nobody else and you're, you're suddenly nine again. It's that kind of remembrance food. And she was, no, I didn't know that... Uh, and she made she we reshot it, and she she said, "Oh, he does this word and all the rest." Like so, they're so generous in terms of, um, yes. you know, sharing credit, and they're just very comfortable with what they do. They know how successful it is, and mm. and they're very nice people, and that kind of breeds a lovely atmosphere. You oh, know? we get that, and I get it all the time from the show, and it really is truly lovely to hear that. But uh, yeah, it's a show I love, and when I saw you, and I said, "Next time he's in for his Christmas visit, I will certainly." And she did her podcast then as well, Susie yeah, Dent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I love the way you said there, Susie Dent leans into you. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I think you're reading a lot into that. I mean, she's only ch- she's only closing the gap so she I can understand. whisper something. She's not l- leaning in conspiratorially. <laughs> but I mean, if you want to believe that, that's fine, Murray. Oh, that's great. We, 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 we leave that to the imagination of the listeners. Anyway, I hope you're back on again at soon. And if you're back, tell them I said hello. That I you've will. Been a, a mad fan of theirs back home here in Ireland. 
live at the Apollo. Oh, do I love that show too. And there you were, yeah. very recently, late November, yeah. on the stage. What is that like? It was great. It's only about two weeks ago now. Yeah, I've always wanted to do it and then kind of never got around to it. Jigs in the rails. And then um, I was asked to do it. It is... It's as much fun as you might think it is. It's it's rammed. It's three and a half, four thousand people, whatever, in that amazing venue, and uh, you walk. The sign rises up, and my friend had done it, and I said, "Any chips?" Because I have played the room before, but I've never never done the show. And she goes, "Yeah, breathe in and hold your breath when they're taking up the sign." It's like, "Why?" She goes, "Because there's loads of dry ice, loads of dry ice, and people have at their moment of hello, live at the Apollo, have walked out, coughed their guts up, <laughs> lost all momentum because the first thirty seconds is inhaling carbon dioxide." So she goes, "Just breathe in, hold it, and walk out." Um, it was brilliant, yeah. And um, sometimes I've heard from people in the past that it actually sometimes can be a tricky gig if they've done a lot of shows in one day and the audience hasn't changed. You know what mm. I mean? So it could be a long day for the audience. Yes. But it wasn't. They were up for it from the very start. And uh, I was on with Lou Sanders and a girl called Celia AB who's going to be absolutely massive. She's really good anyway, but man, I think she's going to be huge. Just a joy. A joy to do. But you they know, loved you. They loved you. Oh yeah, absolutely. You, you've seen yeah. the reaction. Oh, I have seen it, yeah. Well, I was there. Yeah, but, but, but you know... I, <laughs> I was <thinking> on. <laughs> <laughs> I was on, I remember it. Oh, duh. But you know what I'm saying? Afterwards, no. and you just see across social media, it went mad for you. Yeah, yeah. I put up a couple of clips recently and they're all at like a million and whatever hits. Yeah. And you, you can you can see that's just whatever way they land. Um, and uh, oddly enough, this is a... <laughs> what a turnaround in the last couple of years, just in terms of in the midst of COVID. Like in the midst of COVID, when there was a weird thing that we were allowed to do gigs, but... Um, it had to be outside it had to be socially distanced and there could be more, no more than 15 people so like a couple of years ago I did a gig in the spirit store in the dock outside in the car park to 15 people and now we're doing the Apollo oh. and it's just a weird like obviously a year before that you were doing full venues Yeah, but uh, it was kind of a surreal moment to, to be on the stage and um, I did which I think what you like as well probably so Apollo wasn't the biggest gig in terms of the venue I did this year, I did Royal Albert Hall. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you what, this is a, a charity event, right? And uh, my agent said to me, do you want to do this gig? And I said, where is it? I have another gig. And he goes, it's Roger Daltrey's charity. It's in the Royal Albert Hall. I went, I am going to be there. <laughs> and just walking around backstage. So, like, you have... Hitchcock. Hitchcock did stuff there. Mm. You have the Ford Dagenham plant brought cars in. And, and, you know, then you got Frank Sinatra. you got Tom Jones. So in terms of the history of that venue, it's unbelievable. So that was just a real thrill as well. So I it's been a big year. It. I stood outside it one yeah. day and there was nothing. And we Boycotting Anne Robinson <laughs> with a big sign. With a big sign with the letters jumbled up. That's how you, that is what you do. If you're protesting countdowns changes, you'd have a sign with loads of letters jumbled up and the people at home would have to figure out what you were trying to say. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, you're right. I, that's that, I, that didn't cross my mind, but I've never been in. But you're right. When you think of the proms there as oh, well, the remembrance thing in November, everything. Every, everything. You know, Kylie did our Christmas uh, special in the Royal Albert Hall a few years back as well. Yeah. We, if anyone ever deletes that from my machine at home, are you listening out there? Don't ever delete that off, no matter what you do. Right. Okay. That's I just send that message out. To that's them. a very specific, uh, very piece of revenge, isn't it? Very. I'm going to break into his house and delete <laughs> what's on his DVR. 
Oh, if I delete the countdown years, you'll go mad. Don't touch countdown. Don't ever touch that R on countdown. Don't ever take Kylie off it as, as well. I really am just saying that today. I'll go absolutely ballistic if that happens. Um, look, the blame game as well. What yeah. do you say about the blame game? It's fantastic. Oh, it's a good crack, all right. Yeah, it's been going on... Uh, 15 years, 17 years, whatever it is now. And just it's just brilliant fun to do. Uh, we do it probably... Sometimes we do two seasons a year. This year we're doing one season. Um, and it's weird because you're, you're trying to figure out a lot of the time, God, Stormont isn't sitting at the moment. What are we going to talk about? And then for years, Brexit kind of gave us loads of, loads of, um, loads of material. Then in the last week, you're going, well, riots in Dublin. You go... Like I'm ringing the producer, going, "Yeah, we're going to be talking about this on on Friday." So it appears that just just we just get there's just material just keeps getting generated. That's great fun to do as yes. well. You yes. know, Colin Murphy makes me laugh in a way that um, just your mates around the pub make you laugh. You know, because you don't know what he's going to say, and I don't know what he's going to say. And we had a thing last night because we filmed it last night and it goes out today. Um, that he didn't know that apparently water is heated in water cannon when when it's fired, so it's not too cold. And I was unfamiliar with this. We learned on the show on live, and then I was like, "Oh no!" And then I just started saying to him, "No, it's absolutely true. There's always a PSNI officer in the north that um, he just tests it on his elbow like a baby's bottle." And <laughs> and rather than him you're, look, you're taking, looking at me, he goes, "Taking the pee now." Yeah, you're but he, the pee. but what he'll then he'll do that, and he'll he'll <laughs> exaggerate it more, and then I'll exaggerate it even more, and then you know we're just making ourselves laugh, and then people at home hopefully go on board. Imagine as well. we had to send out for two water cannons yeah. to, to the you know we had nothing down here, you know we'd never expect that. Thing like that to happen oh, in Dublin, yeah. you know. Yeah, you know. yeah. Come on, <laughs> Jeez, that, that's brilliant. But you say the dynamic. You're right, Colin Murphy. But Tim McGarry as host is something else. Yeah. Uh, uh, Diona Doherty, who yeah. was with you, uh, is with you as well as a regular. Yeah. And I was watching one when William Thompson came in, a young comedian from yeah. East Belfast. As yeah. Well. Was he a little overawed, which is? I know. I no. mean, it's uh, it's. I don't think he was overawed. I think it's a tricky show to do when there's four regulars and yes, you're the guest. I see. So I've 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 watched people come in and uh, and go, oh okay, because it's a different pace as well. Yeah. And it's like a midfield. So like you you know you know when someone's like I kind of I know when Colin Murphy's going to go on a run. Right, so I sit back as a defensive midfielder and I go, okay, he's going to finish that. And you know each other's kind of verbal tics and stuff, so there's a rhythm. So sometimes when someone comes in, anybody who they are, whoever they are, it doesn't matter who they are, uh, it might take them a couple of minutes to go, okay, what's the rhythm, what's the flow, what's the... Yeah. You know, it's like joining a family. Yeah, yeah. You marry into a family and you go into your in-laws and you go... Oh, Uncle Jerry is a bit mad. If he starts talking on Countdown, you've got a good five minutes to make a cup of tea. You can come back then at that stage. And you learn their verbal tics and the rhythms. So uh, he was he was good, yeah. And we had Ardle Hanlon on the first episode. Yes. And Ardle was just great. He's so... Um, it's so clever and it's so understated. Like, I don't know... Anybody else who... He delivered this line, he goes, I don't know if you know this, but I, I, I found that through my reading... Um, People in Northern Ireland don't agree on everything, and it was just this this little. I don't think anybody else gets such a massive reaction when he, except he does it, you know. And it's all this subtle stuff, and so I think he really enjoyed it. He he was saying to me, in previous years, he was a bit hesitant about kind of panel shows because, um, he just he just didn't particularly think that he would enjoy them, mm. and then COVID. He he kind of went. No, I'm just going to do stuff. You know, life's too short. He did Taskmaster and absolutely loved it, and then did did the show and absolutely loved it. So it's kind of yeah. good that there's 
that weird moment in everybody's lives was a bit uh, of a spur for some people. Isn't it great? The gigs. Okay, you're very busy. What a tour this is. It's called Kneel by Mouth and it starts, I mentioned Hotel Kilmore, 12th of January. You're in the Spirit Store the 18th of January and back there on the 28th, two gigs in the Spirit yeah. Store in Dundalk. Yeah. You are at the Crescent uh, Theatre in Drogheda on the 20th of January, the Venue Theatre in Rithoth on February the 15th, and you've put a second date on there now, haven't yeah, you, at, at yeah. the, uh, the venue as well. And then the Solstice uh, in Navin, uh, uh, so two there as well. Yeah, You're, I've just started a second one today, yeah. yeah so the March first, the 2nd and the 3rd. And third. the 3rd, yeah, so the two Sunday, nights, so yeah. Th- And they're flying the tickets. NeilDelamere.com, you will love this guy. What a Christmas gift it would be. Loads of opportunity across the northeast to see him. I'm going to tell you one, did I tell you this before about Countdown? And I'm going to leave it then. <laughs> when I was at home working from home during the pandemic, I yeah. was eight months in the house. You right. know, I couldn't come in here or anything. Right. Sitting by myself. And I used to use the broadband in the house, you see, to connect back. And early on when I was <laughs> doing the show, and about after two every day in the show, the connection went down. Really? Yeah. And this happened a couple of days and Eamon here was saying to me, there's something wrong down there. What was it? I was recording Countdown and a pull from the broadband no, <laughs> and the signal dropped. No way. So Susie and Rachel and Co, you know. So you went, I'm not doing the, sh- <laughs> not doing the show anymore. Countdown comes first. I don't care. It'll be I half an hour off the show. I to plug out the tellies and everything to give the full width of the broadband to make sure the connection stayed kosher to here. So that's my little aside on Countdown. Um, what was it said? The podcast. Yeah. With yourself and Dave Moore. Dave Moore from uh, from Today FM. Yeah. Uh, it's mm-hmm. brilliant, crack. Basically, the two of us are kind of very unusual, strange people <laughs> in that we don't talk <laughs> like normal human beings. I ring him and go, do you know why Donny the Sheep is called Donny the Sheep? And, and stuff like that. And he rings me and goes, do you know what, what country produces the second amount of food, largest amount of food in the world? Holland. And then hangs up the phone. <laughs> so we like these weird <laughs> trivia things. We wanted to work together for a long time. Yeah. We wrote a sitcom script together, believe it or not. And uh, we got commissioned to write a script. And then, um, so we were commissioned by a production company to write the script. And then it didn't go anywhere. But we went, we really love working together. Why don't we do this thing, this podcast? So basically the podcast is called Why Would You Tell Me That? And in the second half, we will have an expert in the field talk about something really interesting so we had Susie Dent and she explained the nature of certain words and stuff like uh, language and language rules that we don't even know we have in English and then in the first part we kind of talk around that subject and so for example she came on and talked about why we say dish dish dash uh, splish splash wishy washy dilly dally and not dally dilly (laughs) washy wishy so it's a slender Vowel first, and people bish bash bosh, and people don't even know that you do this. Yes, it's called uh, ablaut reduplication. I think she she oh said my it was. Word. That's a big one. And you had Margaret Madden on of this parish. Yes, she joined you, didn't she? Yes, uh, Margaret on the podcast as well about. Death and and de- yeah, and, and uh, specifically, it's brilliant because it's building this kind of community now. So people listen to it and go, hey, "You're an expert. Would you? Yeah. You should go on it." So she is doing a PhD and knows all about. Grief games and wake games, which were crazy in Ireland when you look back. And there's some of them still off the West Coast. I love this tradition, but it's like stuff like people getting fake married at wakes, um, giving whiskey to the corpse, tying strings to the body, getting it to move. Um, All these people would fight. Uh, There's loads of literature and she was absolutely brilliant. So we'll talk about Anything at all, as long as it's interesting to us. So we had the guy who invented Baileys on the show last week. South African fella in the 60s in 
in London, 70s in London. Terrific. Yeah, they said, we want you to create an Irish drink. And he went, oh, I wonder what happens if you throw Irish whiskey and Irish cream together. They went out to the shop. <laughs> there was no chemical kind of chemistry. They went out to the shop and bought cream and threw it into whiskey and then threw sugar into it and then threw um, chocolate, in it, drinking chocolate into it. And it was all haphazard. And now Look what billions of bottles later. Global yeah. brand. Um, a triathlon. What happens you to decide? It's called a midlife do. crisis, Sherry. <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> It's called a midlife crisis. <laughs> I uh, I didn't do Ed- the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year, mm. so I went. Oh, I've not only have I August back, but now I've got May and June. You don't have to do previews, and I'll go off and I'll try and get a little bit fit. And I went <laughs> off and I did a triathlon and ne- nearly died. <laughs> <laughs> nearly died. Looked at my heart rate monitor. You know, you get on the watch, and it was just going stop, <laughs> stop. What are you doing? Uh, so I did it in Greystones. It was really good fun, actually. I have to say, mm. and uh, although the gear you're wrapped in lycra. You look like someone's wrapped a bullock in cling film. You don't you don't look good at that at all. Skin tight. <laughs> I'm picturing that. A bullock a bullock in cling film. Yeah. Some, I'm, I'm trying to get Someone has put spanks on a snowman. That's what it looked like. It's not it's not a great look. Um, but I really, really enjoyed it. And I had no idea how many people do it all all, all over Ireland. There's clubs mm. all over the place. So um I'll do another one now. Uh he How? says in his head. Well, you see, you've got the you, you've got the bug now. So away you go. When you've one under your belt, you'll have to do another one at least. What about the? Are you doing something with the house? You're renovating the house at the minute. Are you out of I the am, house? I am. Yeah. You? How did you know that? Uh, it's mentioned somewhere. Yeah. I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to know everything about you before. Really? You sit into That's that terrifying. Chair. Is that why you sit in the hedge outside my house with those binoculars? <laughs> You do three days a week with me and four days a week with Susie Dent, by the sounds of things. Lean in, Susie, lean, lean in. in. Lean in, um, Yeah, no, we're getting the gaff done. I'll tell you, I learned one thing about that is that dust gets everywhere. Mm. Absolutely everywhere. I have a jacket upstairs in a, in a wardrobe that is closed in a room that is locked and dust has gotten inside the little plastic bag that I keep in the in my going out jacket there. My wife was like, there's loads of dust in that. I was like, yeah, it's about three and a half grams in there. <laughs> Where'd you get that? Off the coast of Wexford. <laughs> and then she knows I'm joking. I would say that those does get everywhere. Yeah, so we're just getting the gaffing up and hopefully we'll be back in it fairly soon. But it's, uh, you know, it's hassle, you know yourself. Yeah, it's yeah, hassle. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. to be out of the house seeing you yeah. now, to be honest with you. <laughs> Look, it's great when you come calling to us on the show. It really, really is. And continued success to you. It, the, the world is your lobster, as a friend of mine says. Yes. You know, uh, at the moment. But look, just reminding you again of the tour dates. January 12th, Hotel Kilmore. The 18th Spirit Store. The 20th of January, Crescent, Drogheda. 28th, Back to the Spirit Store. The second gig there. And in February, the 15th, the Venue Theatre Adult. Two gigs there. And uh, a second and third date. This is for the Salsa. Second day yeah. for the Salsa. Sorry, yeah. second day for the Salsa. On the 2nd of March, Neil Delamere.com is the address where you'll get the tickets. Until next year. Until next year. Same time, same <laughs> place. It's a date. We'll see you then, Neil Delamere. It's been fantastic. Thank you for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, Sherry. On this day of Allah, the 1st of December, something that we've done every year on Late Launch. And to launch it with us, I call her the Queen of Puddings anyway, but she's much more besides. Anne McVeigh, hello again. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. And we wanted you with us on this day because you make the most wonderful Christmas puddings. How many have you done this year, Anne? I have done 16. <laughs> 16 puddings this year. I, I have up my auntie this year a little bit. You know, I was 14 last year, but now I'm up to 16. <laughs> 16 puddings. And are they all done and dusted at this stage? Yes. Oh, completely. See, yeah, you have to give them plenty of time to mature, Jerry. Oh, Jerry. So you, you know, you need to get get all the booze into them, and then just leave them just to sit. Wrap them really well. Keep the air away from them, and uh, 
yes, and they, they'll be the best. And about six weeks before Christmas is the best time. Okay, is there still time? There is. I know people have oh, them absolutely. made, but there is still time. Yeah. Is there? Yes, to make. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just to mature them. That's, that's all it is. You know, the, the longer you leave them, the, the better. Like Jim ate the last of our Christmas pudding there about a month ago. So... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord Almighty, isn't that just great? And tell us this, like, 16 puddings are a lot for one woman. And do you make them all the one day, the one weekend, the one week? What? I I mix them all on the one day. So I have three big bowls and uh, I mix them and then I put them, I, I do them bit by bit because I don't have enough pudding bowls to cook them all together. So yes. I had slow cookers all over the house um, and one in the other one on the, or two on the ring and so I try to do a good few of them at the same time because you know they take a long time to steam so they're normally I've got about eight hours we'll do them so uh, it could take about three or four days to get them all done from yeah. start to finish you know from soaking the fruit and yeah so and, and they're all done so I'm delighted <laughs> and the house must be like a Turkish steam bath <laughs> is it? You know, my skin has never looked better Jerry. <laughs> 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 I love it. Well, look at you know. Without giving too many of your secrets away, what what's a must in terms of your puddings? You know, I think I may have told you this in the past. I love cherries. I love cherries and fruitcakes and in puddings especially. Are there any cherries in yours, Anne? There are cherries in my pudding, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it can be touch and go with people, whether they like them or they don't like them. But if you get yes. a pudding for me, there's going to be cherries in it. I, I like cherries. I just like the look of them. I never yeah. mind anything else. They just like, they're like little jewels in there. <laughs> and I really like that about them. So, uh, yeah, so the cherries go in and, you know, and the, the and the, the pudding recipe, like there's no secret with it. It's 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 been on, I've had, I've had it on Draw Down Memory Lane. I've shared it with everybody that ever wanted it. So, um Okay. Yeah, well, listen, I think the, the secret is to keep it moist, you know, like to, to soak your fruit in, in plenty of alcohol and make sure that when you're mixing it, you know, that you put enough Guinness and enough enough wet ingredients into it that's really moist before you put yeah. it in the pudding bowls because there's nothing worse than a dry, than a, than a dry pudding. Mm, there's not, Anne. I agree with you there. No. I love a moist pudding too. So, so Guinness is your go-to alcohol. Is there any other spirits in yeah. it? Oh, everything. everything. Anything that I can find in there. There's, there's, there's actually there's Jack Daniels in this year's oh, pudding. <laughs> I'll be the Japers. We'll have to have a breathalyzer test after we go to your house for a piece of Christmas pudding. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, that you go, going back to the cherries, I, I know what you say. Some people don't like them, but that's a real boon yeah. for me because if people are eating it and they pick out the cherries, well, I get them all. Well, there you go. That's it. That has to be a little bonus there for it. Yeah. It's a and I know my sister-in-law, Judith, like she hates cherries and I make her pudding every year and there's still always cherries in it. So I never ask what she does with them. <laughs> Anyways, uh, like mixed fruit. What else? You know, run us through quickly the, the ingredients. What, what's in yours? You say oh. it's no secret. Uh, no, it's no secret. No, it's uh, like it's so, I soaked the fruit the day before. So there's eggs and flour, breadcrumbs. There'd be nutmeg and cinnamon. I, I should have brought the recipe with me, Jerry. I'm at work. Oh, you're all right. <laughs> Broadcast all right. it live, <laughs> live from St. Joseph's. <laughs> um, I, I, I normally I soak the fruit in spirits, and um, yes. yeah, so like uh, muscovado, like dark muscovado sugar, mm. and uh, yeah, that, that's basically like, like your basic kind of pudding. Yes, yes. cherries, mixed peel. Raisins, you know, the whole lot. raisins, and, uh, yeah, raisins sultanas, yeah, all yeah. that type of stuff. Absolutely, raisins. You can actually get really nice um, mixed fruit packs yeah. now, which is which is great. It's kind of mm. handy as well. So you get a nice kind of mix of fruit in that. So um, yeah, now I have to say, I started shopping for the kids are looking at me. I started shopping for the puddings in August. 
yes. because it's really expensive to go out and buy all the ingredients together. So I thought if I buy them bit by bit every week, they still cost you the same amount of money, but I don't feel like I've spent all the money on them because I know because I so I've, I've had all the ingredients of my bedroom floor in a bag and I'd be adding to them every week, you know. So yeah, you're a highly organised woman. I have to <laughs> oh, say, sometimes yeah, you really, <laughs> you really, you really are. And anyway, so how long do you bo- steam them or boil them for? How long for? Steam them for eight hours. Okay. And then when yeah. you take them out, do you ever reheat them again when you're going to eat them or is that it? Are they done? Uh, well, they're done. They don't need to be... But once I've done them for the eight hours, they're done. That's and, it. I mean, if you can you can reheat them yourself. Or you can okay. reheat them by slice or, you know, yes. you, you hear that people mm-hmm. microwave them, the people fry them on the pan. There's loads of different ways that people reheat yes. them. But when I cook them... They're all done because most of them go to homes. You know, they go to other yeah. people that I don't want to tell them. You have to steam that for another couple of hours yeah. before you eat it, you it's know. Done. But you can do it that way as well. Yeah. You can partially steam it and then finish it off, you know, on Christmas Day or whatever. But, um, yeah, no, no, mine are all done and dusted now and that's it all right. The, the, the trick is well, to wrap them really well after you do it. Two, two layers of uh, grease proof paper and two layers of tinfoil. There you go. Uh, and it just keeps all the air out and keeps... As I said, Jim, at the last of the pudding a couple, few weeks ago, I said, you'll get no joy out of the pudding this year. You eat that one out that long. That's, he, he found one in the press in, in, over the summer. <laughs> that, that didn't go to its home. I don't know who didn't get a pudding, but somebody didn't. Great. His, oh, well done. I'm delighted he got it. And, and tell us this, um, for you, who, who, the queen of making them, how do you like to eat your pudding? I like my pudding with custard. Oh, I yeah. do. I like it. Well, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, I, I'm not much for the brandy creams like that. I, mm. I like putting a bit of custard. You know, yes. I think it's a really kind of traditional way to eat it. And as I said, Alana's friend, her dad, he fries it up in the pan with a fried egg. You know, there oh, are so love. many ways that yes. I've heard. Yes, <laughs> I'd, I'd be there to swap a lot of pudding stories with people. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So you know, there's, there's lots of ways. But I said, just nice and simple, a little bit of custard. That yes. would be. Yeah, great. Um, anyway, today Anne McVeigh joins us as we officially launch for the 15th time the best Christmas pudding in the Northeast. And really, Anne, we're thinking this might be the final year of it because we've done it Uh-oh. for 15 years. This is the final competition, and there are many prestigious title holders in the Northeast <laughs> of the title. It'll be judged as usual by our women with opinions on Christmas week. So we're asking you now to send us in a nice PC of pudding. Or if you have a little putter to be great as well, send it in to us. The drop dead date is Monday. It's Monday the 19th. I think it's Monday is the 19th of December. The 18th and the 19th. That Monday, we'll let you know. It's the 18th. It's actually the 18th. Monday the 18th. It's a week before Christmas. you got to get them in by the Monday the 18th. And the very best luck, Jen. We have a fantastic hamper to give to whoever wins that prize. Now, Anne, while you're with me, you have something really special coming up in the community centre in Yellow Batter. Tell us about it. I do. I have. Um, it's it's called a taste of Christmas, and I first did it ten years ago in my house on the Cord Road, uh, and I squashed ninety people into into the back of the cords that night. And then, so it's basically just it's just like a, a start of Christmas get together. It's it's a coffee and mulled wine evening, and um, everybody who comes will bring a little thing to share, some mince pies or a new log. Or I've made the pudding. That's why I had two extra puddings this year. That's for the taste of Christmas. But. Um, yeah, so it's just just a social evening uh, from seven to nine in the the recreational centre, the Boys Club, for you know for older people who know it as that in Yellowbatter. Um, on Monday, the eleventh of December, I'm going to have a little bit of live music there in the night, and uh, and it's just a really nice way to kind of kick off the, the Christmas season. And you know, people people who have attended it in the past. Um, you get to see people that you don't get to see. You know, that, you know, people. I, I know people from all walks of life, and they all arrive there and they say, "Well, I haven't seen such and such in two years or five yes. years." Or, 
So it's a, it's a, just a, a really nice community evening and it's going to benefit Drada Hospice Home Care. Uh, we didn't have a coffee morning um, this year, so I, I had it in the back of my mind from the summer that I, rather than doing the coffee morning, we, you know, it's a little bit different to do yeah. something a little bit different. So that's going to be there. And uh, it's just to, to raise awareness of the Drogheda Hospice Services and to raise some funds as well, because we've, had a, we've had a big upturn in, we, we took 178 clients uh, to hospitals in Dublin um, in September and October alone, alone of this year, which is mm. a huge, huge jump, you yes. know, so there's a lot of people out there who need our service. So, yeah, so it's to, to promote the service, to promote the work we do, and to raise, you know, to raise a few quid. Good on so it'll be a donation night, so, you know, th- there's no set fee that you have to pay when you come in, just whatever you can afford. There'll be a raffle, I've got some lovely, lovely raffle prizes sponsored by the fantastic business holders here in Drogheda, and they'll all be acknowledged closer to the time. And, and I hope people will come and just have a bit of crack and a bit of a chat. Mm, absolutely. So that's Monday yeah. week, the 10th of December, 7 to 9 in the Community Centre, Recreation Centre in Yellow Batter in Drogheda. Everybody welcome. Anyway, thank yeah. you for joining us today. Good luck with that. And uh, we're thank delighted you, to have you launch the Christmas Pudding Competition here on Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Thank you, Anne. <laughs> Thank you, Jerry. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Anne McVeigh there. Wonderful, wonderful woman. Glide Rangers are the pride of County Louth because, you see, they're in the Leinster Junior Club Football Championship final this weekend against Milltown. One more game to be Leinster champions. And when you mention Glide Rangers, I think it's fair to say that one name comes to mind. He's synonymous with them. Tommy Burns, welcome back to Late Lunch. How are you, Jerry? It's been a while. It's been a while. Talonstown, Glide Rangers, synonymous. They love them there. They are the club from Talonstown. Tommy, you're synonymous, as I said, with Glide for years and years and years. Can yeah. you believe that you're in this Leinster final? Listen, Jerry, had anyone said to us at the start of August that we'd be, not alone win a loud championship, but be in the Leinster final, we'd say, I, you want to head examined. Really? But has come really, really. Well, so we had a terrible league, Jerry. Mm. You know, we was we were short players in most games, and uh, but all came together. And you know, the playoff match with the Knicks when yeah. we played off to yeah, that that uh, while neither team probably it was a good game, mm. but neither team hit the height. But I think that changed our season. One we game. We that game. We we agreed to play that game because we thought it was the best for the. Oh lot because it would, it would have made the Knicks were going to go and the, to a uh, higher authority because of the uh, the controversy with the yes. with the big uh, the championship was that yes up? yes yeah. but look at uh, we agreed to play them anyway because we had played them and had beaten us actually mm. but uh, we, we agreed to play them and it was the best thing we ever done. There you go. So it just shows you it, it was fortuitous that the game happened. You played it. You agreed to play it. Saved oh, a lot. Yeah, saved a lot of bother. And and you feel that was the turning point. But what else? What has happened that that the the team has gone on this run? Can you pinpoint anything else? Well, I can. I can. With you know, and if this has not been, I I would never be unfair to Gus Gus Flynn. Gus was our manager early on, and he left us in in June. Mm. Not on any bad terms with me, anyway. And he said, I was talking to him at the junior final, but he was up shouting for us. Yeah. And uh, he told me, no, it wasn't. There was another reason. There was something at the behind it, but he was, it wasn't a problem with the players. Okay. But a local man came in. Uh, Peter Duffy. Yeah. Anthony Nolte and Paul Noon. Mm. Now, and uh, 
it took a four or five league matches like and uh, I think we got we we won above in the plunkets. That was a good win for us at the time, you know. Yes. And uh, he, he set a, a plan to play, and they're sticking rigidly to it. Mm. Now I suppose neutral some of them mightn't like the, the brand of play, but it's it's been successful for us. Yeah. And uh, he's a, he's a, he's a great he's a he's a great coach. Mm. He's a, he's, a, he's a, actually a teacher in the community school in Ireland. He's only look at he was playing earlier on with our second team, and mm. he played a game or two with the first team. Mm. You know, yeah. But look at you, you, you've said it there. The, these men have come in and look at the journey you've gone on in Leinster, and now you're in this final. What, what is the what is it like in Talonstown at the moment? It's unreal because we have three, four bus loads of support to score along with the players. Bus, four buses leaving Talonstown. Terrific. Yeah, you know, so it's, 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 there's people now that wouldn't have that much interest. But it's, it's, this has brought it to light. Yes. And uh, every, everybody wants, is mad to be involved now, you know. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, you, you know, you've seen this, and I remember when we spoke in the past, you've been through the mill with Lyde. You know, it's been tough at times, hasn't it? It really I've has been. For you. Yeah, I've seen a lot of very bad days, losing finals after finals after finals. Yeah. But the one thing I would say to you, Jerry, we won the championship in 1990 and 96 with our own selectors. Mm. I would won them in 1990. And this year, things have turned around with our own men again, and lo and behold, we won the championship and won the last final. Mm. So there's something to be said now, and that's not, I don't uh, look down on anyone that was with us. Yes. They all done a good job. Yeah. But the luck seems to be when we have our own man in charge and uh, the guys seem to have very, very good respect for them. Mm. And what about now, Sunday, this Milltown team? What's your feelings about the final itself? I, I stuck it. I, I, look, it, I, Louise said, what, what about Sunday when she was talking to me? I was like, come on. Uh, look, we're going to give it our best shot, Jerry. Yeah. We're in bonus territory. Mm. You know, like... People didn't think we'd be dying, and we beat them. Yeah, but they were a tough team. We went down the leash. They were a good side, and then we went up to Man of War and beat the Dublin champions. Yes, the people didn't give us much of a chance against the Dublin champions. That's true. We got that. Yeah, we're only winning by a couple of points in every game, but the game is alive every time we play up <laughs> until the final. With <laughs> you can you ask know. no more than you that. Know. You know you what I mean? No more than that. I know this. It's not good for a lad with me with bad hands. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's good for the game, and it's, it's always it's never two points is always in any of the matches. Yes, yeah. And the least match went to actually extra time. Mm. You only need a point, Tommy. You only need a point oh, to Sunday in the right direction. That's all, all, right, all you need. In the right direction at the right time. <laughs> and uh, right time. I would actually, I'm like, I'd say Peter probably got a bit. Uh, Info on, on Melton, but I wouldn't know anything about the chaps except that yeah. they were good enough mm. to win the county title and they're good enough to be in the last final, so they're a good team. Yeah, it's going to be a close one, it really is. Oh, and uh, we're featuring it here, of course, on LMFM Radio. Yeah. Anyway, good luck to you, Sunday. Good luck to everyone in Talonstown. I hope you bring home the silverware and our Leinster champions. We are all with you, Tommy. Uh, thanks very much, Jerry. Always good to talk to you. And always good to talk to you too. Take care of yourself. That's oh, Tommy Barnes you. there. What a great man he is. Glide to the core from Talonstown. <laughs> Thank you.
outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Did you hear the news about Scaries? The best place to live in the world, according to British anthropologist Daniel Miller, who studied the North County Dublin town for 16 months. He genuinely says it's such a wonderful place. So why is Scaries so fantastic? I'm joined by a couple of locals. Shane Holland is on the line and Margot Fox. Afternoon, folks. Hiya, Jerry. Thank you both for joining me. Margot, you're, you're, Margo, you're being quoted all over the place and you're just uh, waxing lyrical about your hometown. Margot, why is Scary's great? I think I should preface this, Jerry, with the fact that I'm sure there are lots of other wonderful towns in Ireland, but he did say that this was the only town he lived in, so I thought, I thought I'd need to preface everything with that first, just uh, just in case. Yeah, no, it is. It's an absolutely beautiful town. Um, apparently, I suppose from a from a, a, a picturesque perspective. Um, we have the harbour uh, is apparently the only harbour on the east coast with a west well with a west facing harbour. Mm. So we have absolutely beautiful sunsets. It actually looks like you know the the sun is setting behind the sea. So that's a really really special uh, part. Um, great swimming locations. We've got water on three sides, so you can swim on two different beaches and a number of other locations. We lovely, close-knit community. Everybody looks out for one another, but we don't tend to live in one another's ear. Mm. Um, and, I mean, Shane, for example, now, will, will, he's a fantastic designer, and he um, actually uh, commemorated a lot of the sea tragedies that happened, you know, in the last number of years with a beautiful um, uh, erection around the harbour. Yes. So we do tend to support people and support um, people who are going through trials and tribulations in the town as well. Yeah, and I suppose if you throw into the mix Stoop Your Head, Blue Bar and Storming in Teacup, it ain't too bad either, is it? Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, we have fantastic music. We've trad music in the pubs every Wednesday and Friday. We've got a fabulous uh, trad festival that happens during the summertime. So, Everything you could, everything you could ask for in a town, really. You know, it, it ticks all of the components mm. of being a well-being town, essentially. Yeah, and uh, you know, it it is terrific. This has uh, just gone viral around the place, and there's real attention on the town now. Let me bring Shane Holland into the conversation, a man who knows about land and sea as well. Well, Shane, that's right, Jerry. Happy with this acknowledgement? Oh well, God, I don't know. I I think our. <laughs> I think our neighbours are probably going crazy at this stage. <laughs> Russian lost. To this. <laughs> oh, they're they're not happy. <laughs> I'll bring in. They're going mad. <laughs> you know, it's it's the, the daggers are out already, Jerry. And uh, you know, I think whatever the good things about Scaries are, Margot mentioned a load of them there. You know, like it's like any other town. It is what you make of it yourself. And yeah. I think the main thing about this thing, I don't think we should lose the run of ourselves, you know, just because somebody, you know, an Englishman has kind of said, oh, it's a great place. Like it's, you know, it's just a bit of speculative writing really, but it is nice to hear positive things. And, you know, I think the best thing about any community in Ireland is when they get together and and do things together. Mm. And there is a good community spirit. There's a lot of different people doing a lot of different things. 
and everybody in Scaries is sport mad like probably every other town in the country but there is a very you know diverse number of things going on and there's a lot of different stuff for either you know people interested in in sporting stuff theater stuff mm. you know there's a lot of different people who've you know who've come into the town me included you know yes. as a blow in it was kind of 16 years ago it was kind of a it was a thing that was a bit sort of apprehensive about at the start but you know it was funny that Margot's parents actually invited us across the street to their house and welcomed us in and you know said how you know introduced us to a few people and that kind of friendliness is really mm. a real part of it that kind of distinguishes it from yes. you know from places that might be bigger cities or whatever that you you know people say hello to each other on the street and people aren't so you know put up to be sort of not give people the time of the day. I love that, that friendliness, that acknowledgement as well. And you have a lovely main street. I have to say so many places have lost their heart, but your main street is a beautiful street to work, walk up. You're close to the beach there on the other side, which is a real boon as well. And you know all about the, the sea activities. And as Margot said, I love that, friendly and people don't live in your ear, Shane. I like that. Well, you know, <laughs> they, you know they might know a fair bit about what's going on, but, you know, people are... A lot of people work in the city. It's it's probably a you know it's a fairly it's a commuter town mm. now. I think there's probably ten or twelve thousand people li- living in Scaries now. So it was probably a lot different in the seventies when it might have been only you know fifteen hundred yes. or two thousand people. So mm. it has grown enormously, and but it's still kind of self-contained within the town. And as you say, there's a lot of you know there's shops and there's there's kind of independent stuff, and it's not yes. covered in in kind of massive retailers or Correct. Correct. industrial estates or whatever but it's mm. it's still a town where people can get along do their business but also engage with each other and be nice to each other yeah. as much as possible you know well, like, well it's like said. every town has to you know has has people that that you can get on with and not get on with but it's 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 still i think the community spirit and the tidy towns and all of the the kind of voluntary groups is probably what sets us you know yes, apart yes. in terms of there's a lot of that Great stuff. Listen, Shane, I'm going to let you go. Margaret, stay there because I want to have a chat with Michael Brannigan. Shane, thanks for joining me and you You're are welcome. a lucky okay, man Gary, uh, to be adopted in that fashion by Scaries. Um, Shane's away there. Margot is back with me here. But, you know, I always get Margot when I visit Scaries a real laid back sort of, you know what I mean, feeling about the place. Is that fair enough? Yeah. It, it, actually, I remember because I lived over in Dunleary at one point and decided to move back um, here to raise my family. I'd originally gone to school here, so my parents were still here, and it just seemed like the right move to make. And I remember going into a couple of the shops and, and, you know, standing back, and, you know, it was taking 15, 20 minutes to get to the till because the two people were having these really in-depth conversations about what was was going on in their lives. Mm. And really did take me a while to actually realise, you know, that this is the pace of the town and that I either go with it or move somewhere else. Yes, so, yes. Um, it is very, very laid back and that's quite refreshing, I think, in the climate that we're living in, that, mm. you know, there's, there's that relaxed feel about the place. Yes, ah, oh, there is indeed. Margot, good luck. Thanks for joining me today. Really appreciate Thanks you much, putting the, the the foot forward for Scaries. Just about a minute or so to go. Michael Brannigan's on the line. Scaries, true and true, Michael Brannigan. Uh, well, uh, we would say uh, down here, Jerry, born buttered and bread, I believe. <laughs> <the> scaries colloquialism. <laughs>
you're not surprised by this man, uh, Daniel Miller, and what he has to say, are you? I think the genie is out of the box a little bit. We've, you know, I was born here over 50 years ago, and there were probably about 12, 1,300 people in Scary's Jerry. There's about 15,000 now, mm. but, you know, as a child walking around the town, it wasn't that I knew everyone, but everyone knew me. Hello, young Brannigan, and we were always looked out for. But I think the, the influx of wonderful people has made uh, nothing but a fantastic addition to the town. And, you know, as Margot said there, we've been blessed with the geography, with the water and three sides. As I speak to you, I'm sitting here basking in the glow of that western sunset. I have a lovely coffee from Goat in the Boat. And I decided I'd take this call down the harbour <laughs> for spiritual inspiration. Not that you need much walking around here, I can tell you. It truly is a little piece of uh, heaven and earth. And that's not to say, as Margaret said, there aren't many, many other places yes. in Ireland of the same. I mean, the one comment said to me, Jerry, by many friends that I dragged screaming from the south side of Dublin across my college years was, geez, where did this place come from? <laughs> and a lot of them saying it's like Kerry in Dublin, you know. <laughs> you know what? You're driving us all mad here today as you describe <laughs> that scene. And aren't you the lucky duck to be in the harbour there? I'd love to be with you at the minute, but I ain't surprised at this. And I know a lot of talk goes about the south side of Dublin and the coastal yeah. areas there. But Skerries is a real gem. And I just wanted to acknowledge you today. And you're right up there beside us here in the northeast. And loads of people are familiar with it and love to go to it as well. Congratulations on the accolade and many more years of happiness and life in Scaries to everybody there, Michael. Thanks very much indeed, Jerry. Take You're care yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Michael Branding in there. Oh, God, I wish I was with him at this point in time. Anyway, I can't be. I'm here with you and I'm going nowhere. Short break. Back in a moment. Come on, kids. Let's all make Christmas cards. And send them in to Jerry Kelly on the Late Lunch Show on LMFM Radio. Oh, thank you so much, Ava. Louise, they're coming in, aren't they? The kids' yeah. cards for Kelly. In case you're not familiar with what we're doing, we're asking children to make Christmas cards and send them in here to us on the late lunch on LMFM Radio. And it's really a showcase... Of all talent, of all... Of- the yes, Northeast kids. Of our children across the Northeast. We want to see our wonderful ability to make mm-hmm. cards and create. That's what it's about. We have a showcase in here in LMFM of all the cards. We're going to put them up on display all over the building here. We're going to uh, put them up on social media, post them there as well. And if you send us in a card, every card that comes in goes into an open draw. It's as simple as that. We have three great prizes. We have a €250 Euro voucher from Shoe City and a €50 Euro Toy Store voucher for one. And then for two more, we have €50 Euro Toy Store vouchers. So we want you to get making this weekend and get the cards into us by sort of the 18th, 19th, 19th of yeah. December. That type of date there. And so already, look time. at all the talent. Ah, listen, look at the look, I just picked out one here today. Happy Christmas, all of LMFM. That comes in from Charlie Martin in Rockfield Close, RD. And it's very important about Charlie Louise. He's 10 and three quarters. <gasps> very, very important. That three quarters yeah. is very, very it. important indeed. Charlie, thank you so much. And the others who've arrived as well. Thanks indeed for making the effort. And we'll be talking about them over the coming weeks on the run into mm. Christmas for sure. I just love it. I love them. I love them. I love yeah. I love them. And, you and can, they're also colourful. Oh, they're beautiful. Mm. The work that's gone into that, just that car there. Anyway, the post box is at LMFM for over the weekend because reception is not open here Saturday or Sunday. But the there is a post box on the wall outside. You can drop your cards in or reception between nine and four, Monday to Friday. I'll post them into us if you like to. LMFM, Radio Rat Mullen Road, Drogheda, and we'd be delighted to receive them. Um, 
Glide Rangers, we were talking to Tommy Burns a few moments ago. They're in the final. Jim McQuillan from St. Nicholas was on to say to wish them the very best. And St. Nick's played a big part in that whole issue around that uh, game that was replayed. Well done. What sportsmen St. Nicholas are. And thanks for the good wishes for the Knicks as well. Willow Carroll, Louise. She's Happy seven today. Birthday, Willow. Happy birthday, Willow. Willow switched on the Christmas lights in Dublin recently. Did you see her? She looked like Graf- an angel. Oh, she was great. It's her birthday today. She's seven years mm. of age. She's an inspirational young woman. She really she is. She is. And her mum actually celebrated her first birthday at seven days old because she didn't think she'd see a year. There and now she's seven, she's seven and she's having her first ever birthday party at school today. Good on you. She only well started done. school. Isn't that just mm. great? It's a great news story. It really is. Still to come on Late Lunch after three. Top five countdown number one. And David Sheehan's with us and the sporting weekend beckons. There's lots going on. But we'll dedicate our next Christmas song on the show as we head towards news. Oh, sorry. Wait, no, I have to do something else before that. I beg your pardon, Louise. I'm all over the shop today. I don't know what's happening. Before we do the dedication of the song. Yes, it's time for this on Late Lunch. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called... Comedy? Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love comedy. Mr. Frankie Boyle is simply brilliant. He's live at the Apollo. He's roasting the audience. And he's not fond of the Commonwealth. We've got some famous celebrities to talk to tonight. Some not so famous. Some of the celebrities here tonight, when I was researching the show, I had to start their Wikipedia page. (laughs) There are celebrities in here who don't get asked to turn on the Christmas lights in their own house. (laughs) You're talking about people who are 18 months away from being quite a tricky tiebreaker in a pub quiz. I'm only kidding, we've got some uh, famous faces in. Who have we got? We've got Jamila. Jamila, how you doing, Jamila? You all right? It's exciting for me, because you present the Radio 1 chart show. You get to tell the nation what is number one every week. And the only way that that could be more exciting, I think, would be if it was 20 years ago when anybody gave a shit. Who else have we got? We've got people from Holby, haven't we? We've got Hugh Corsi, where's Hugh? Hugh, how you doing? You're a fantastic actor. You've been in the RSC and everything. You've been in Holby for a long time, right? So I have a theory that if someone had a heart attack over here, we could whisk you over and just suck all of the drama out of the situation. <laughs> We had the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow this year. A great choice of venue. A place where people think that hepatitis B is a vitamin. (laughs) I don't really trust these big sporting occasions, you know. The Olympics, a lot of that stuff is just for rich people. Dressage, yachting. I don't remember that at school. (laughs) Yachting tomorrow class, so remember, bring in your boots. I don't like the Commonwealth, because the Commonwealth is the old British Empire. It's called the Commonwealth because Britain stole all those countries' wealth and then went, come on. (laughs) The whole empire was founded on cocaine. Everybody was on cocaine. The remedies had cocaine in them. Queen Victoria was on cocaine. And not the shit you take. (laughs) You've never done a line and gone, let's invade India. 
Christmas on LMFM with your local mace. Savings with a smile all through the Christmas season. Let's have another listen to our TV theme. Yes, the original theme from Star Trek. That is Anna Price. Today on Late Lunch is heading to Mr. Fergus Cullen. Well done to you. It's in the post as we speak. Now it's time for the big number one on Late Lunch. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number one from this week in 1977. What a wonderful top five we've had all week. All brilliant songs in their own right. But this one went to number one and stayed there right across the Christmas and into the new year. It was one of the best-selling singles of all time in the UK. And the first single to sell over two million copies in the country uh, way back then. Yes, it was recorded back in the summer of the year. The song originated, actually, uh, from a few years earlier, 1974. And it was Paul McCartney and Wings, of course. And he wrote the song about the Kintyre Peninsula in Scotland and its headland, the Mull of Kintyre. And, well, the rest is history. Can I tell you, this is the only song I learned ever to play on that guitar I have at home that hasn't got much use. There's only... Is there two chords in it? Maybe three. Anyway, I can play this one on the guitar. It's our number one from this week in 77. Wings and Mull of Guitar. Mull of Guitar Oh, in from the sea My Yes, I want to dedicate that today to all Nottingham Forest fans. The Forest fans sing that before they kick off every single match. You better remember Forest and Mr Paddy Goodwin, who was with us yesterday. Of course, a huge Forest fan. That is their song. Anyway, number one from this week in 1977. We'll bring you another Top 5 countdown on the show next week. Final break of the day in the week, and we're back with David Sheehan and sport. Lots of sport happening over the weekend. Standing by patiently is our man, David Sheehan. Thanks uh, for joining us again, David. No problem, Jerry. Uh, let's begin with GAA, the Leinster Junior Football Championship final. I was talking to Tommy Burns from Glide Rangers, from Town. Can you imagine I said they were from Loud Village? Such heresy. Anyway, Town <laughs> is alive and looking forward to the final. They're up against Milltown. Tommy was just speculating it'd be a tight game. What do you think? Yeah, well, I suppose the thing about Milltown is they were actually relegated from the intermediate grade in Kildare last year. So they bounced back straight away. And I was just reading a piece with one of their players uh, during the week and he was kind of saying how they didn't really celebrate the junior win that much because they their expectation was to bounce straight back and they felt very 
disappointed last year with getting relegated. So they might see themselves as an intermediate team. So, you know, that they're obviously back at that grade now, but they might have felt getting relegated was a bit of a blip for them. So that would suggest that they're, they're a strong enough outfit. But, you know, you look at how Glide have gone and they had so many, you know, near misses and heartbreaks in junior finals. They got across the line this year finally, but they've really jumped on that chance and got into a Leinster final. And you heard the interview, I'm sure, with Brian Duffy after the last mm. game. And, just how much they were enjoying it. And they were enjoying playing football and being out and enjoying themselves afterwards and having a few drinks, which is what it's all about. So I'd expect it to be pretty tight. Milltown, I suppose, have the home advantage as well in Hawkfield, such that it is. It's in Kildare. But um, look, at Glide have come this far, Jerry. Do not write those ads off. And I can imagine that the place is buzzing. Brian said that himself the last day. That there's people turning up to watch matches that he hasn't seen out at games in years. So mm-hmm. everybody's on board. Everybody's on board for this one. Oh, it'd be brilliant if they did it, Jerry. I really hope they do. And I... I, I think they might just sneak it by a point or two. Let's hope they do. Please, God, they will. Now, no need to go into detail about Nafina and uh, their camogie and football teams. Mm. Both in All-Ireland semi-finals has been such controversy around this because they, they're playing camogie one day and the football the next day. That's uh, Saturday and Sunday. What's the story? Well, look, they're playing tomorrow at 3 o'clock in Darver in the camogie and then they're playing on Sunday at 2 o'clock. So it's a 23-hour difference. A lot written and spoken about this during the week, but there was one thing I read during the week in the Irish Times, Jerry, and it was Gordon Manning's piece, and he spoke to the club and he spoke to the, the, the various administrative bodies. A, spokesperson, a spokesperson listening to this for the LGFA said, Nafina have been facilitated with their choice of day next weekend. We asked them whether they would prefer to play, what day they would prefer to play on, and they picked the Sunday. Now, how crass of a line is that to throw out there from a spokesperson for the governing body of the footballers? They know the controversy that's out there. They know the, 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 the power of emotion that's out there and the anger that's out there and then the FINA club. And they throw out a, a comment like that. Well, they were asked what day they wanted and they picked the Sunday. And then Chairman Tom Curran basically said, it's like being asked, you know, being, being going to be hung and asked which day you'd prefer, Saturday or Sunday. It's a ridiculous situation. They have to focus on the games now. That's the only thing. And they can't let it overshadow it. But they're going to be up against it. Obviously, they've Eglish tomorrow. The thing about Eglish in, in, from Tyrone, they haven't had a game in, in quite a while. So Nafina you would be favourites for that one, you'd imagine. But then they have to make the bus journey down. They've raised, I think, about 12 grand to stay down there on the on the Saturday night and recover and try and get everything in place for the game against Glanmire, who are in a similar situation. Glanmire are playing in the football on Sunday, but they're playing Sarsfields, which is the, the camogie side of that club or that area. They're playing on Saturday, so they have a similar situation. The only thing is they're both in at home. They're, those mm. games are both in Cork. So, look, it, it's, a, it's a ridiculous situation. And, Jerry, we've covered this loads of times on Sunday Sport, both locally and nationally. It happens way too often, and there's always blame between the two bodies. I don't really care anymore who's to blame for this one, whether it's the LGFA, the Camogie Association. This kind of, I won't swear on the air, but they, they <laughs> need to sort this. They need to sort this kind of nonsense out. It's not fair on the players. Uh, and I'm kind of sick of it and I can only imagine how the players must feel yes there you go so it is what it is it should be on separate weekends it's not so many players involved in both camogie and football we wish them well in Nafina wouldn't it be great if they won both games anyway let's move quickly to soccer and uh, the Premier League the two pick out games just an award from you Newcastle Manchester United Man City Spurs Newcastle United uh, Newcastle, I think, will win that one. Yeah, they're um, they're they're going well at the moment. They're they're really strong at home. Manchester United suffered a little bit in Europe during the week. Their keeper's a bit of a problem. So Newcastle to win that one, and then 
Manchester City surely at home against Spurs, who are on three wins and three losses in a row, rather few suspensions, few injuries. Um, so Manchester City and Newcastle United for me in those two. Oh, the Spurs bubble has burst and the Gunners <laughs> eased into top of the table last week. Just to remind Tottenham fans. Anyway, just before we go, press conference at lunch. Our Brian Ainscough has taken charge of Dundalk. Uh, it's uh, back in US hands. Well, Brian is an Irish man, of course. Played for the Drogheda at one stage. What do you make of mm. the uh, takeover? Yeah, I had to listen to a bit of the interview there a little bit earlier on from the press conference. Look, at again, he's saying all the right things. And I think the fact that he has, you know, has a bit of knowledge of the league. We know he was involved with Kerry last year. Um, and he's obviously, as you said, a former Drada player based in the US and all that. But again, Jerry, like we say with the, with the draw how to take over, it's very hard to know. All of these guys, when they come in, will say all the right things. They'll make all the right noises. Dundalk fans will want to see action taken pretty quickly. They'll want to see Pat Hoobin tied down. They'll want to see other players coming in. They'll want to see progress at Oriel Park. The proof of the pudding will be in the eating. That's all we can say. Mm, and it takes time. Like uh, infrastructural work is not a thing that's going to happen in a week uh, for sure. But anyway, watch this space. The deal is done. The boys who came back and took over, moved it back into local ownership, have sold on. And it's back with Brian Ainscough. We will keep an eye on this. David, thank you for joining us again on the show. Thanks, Jerry. Take care. That's David Sheehan there, presenter of Sunday Sport. That's it for another week. A big thank to Lu- thanks to Louise Walsh, my producer. Couldn't do it without her. To our guests who joined us during the week and you, our listeners, who uh, we love your company every day of the week. Paul McGinnis coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Have a nice weekend. We'll see you Monday, 1.30. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.